most of the time, the ones showing at the top, those are the ones you want to mimic for either a product or service that you're selling or, or providing. So again, title, got to have the right SEO in the title. Description, you got to have that first key uh, sentence, let's call it. Leave that space. Next paragraph can be more information about it. Don't put, uh, just to back up slightly to this, don't put all your social media stuff right at the top. That goes way at the bottom, way, way at the bottom. Welcome to the Smartest Podcast, a show that is dedicated to helping you achieve success. I'm your host, John Colderize Lawson, entrepreneur and best-selling author. In this episode, you will hear from one of the most successful people in the world. So get ready to improve yourself by learning from those who have already found success. Okay, guys, it's your boy, John Colder Ice Lawson, and I've got another one, another one of these great interviews of people that will help you make smarter because they're some of the smartest people I know. And today we got another one. So tell them who you are and why people should listen to you. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, John. So I'm Rob Stanley. I'm chief market officer for Gatita. Uh, just a quick background because we're probably going to get into some of these things. I also uh, actually had a YouTube channel that had over 48 million views that I was using for e-commerce that was generating over six figures a year. And uh, so that was one thing that was really cool. And I've been around in e-commerce for over 20 plus years. Well, let's just, let's dive right in. I mean, um, how did you get into e -com? What was the first, you know, entry wow. level there? Yeah, I don't think this is going to be long enough uh, podcast, but I'll keep it short. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> back in the, back in the nineties, I was working at Apple and then I worked at Hewlett Packard and at Hewlett Packard, they actually uh, had some classes I could take on HTML and management. So I was taking some of those classes and I was also helping with an internal IT uh, uh, website, basically, that we could post information about. So I decided I wanted to kind of make my own website using this HTML knowledge that I had. So one of the things I wanted to do was take apart the Palm Pilot back then, our electronic devices, uh, took apart the Palm Pilot with some pictures, created an HTML website, and literally got a ton of traffic that people were asking me how do I buy this part? Where do I get this? And that basically uh, evolved into me creating a website selling parts, which then evolved as we know, John, into like the uh, Blackberries and the trios and things like that. 2007 came along and I was already doing that kind of electronic parts. As we all know, in 2000, July of 2007 is when uh, Apple decided to make this amazing phone called the iPhone, did a take apart, about, uh, take apart on how to take that unit apart put it up on YouTube that day that it came out. And within a couple of days, had tens of thousands of views. And I said, I think I'm onto something here. So went ahead and basically uh, kept creating YouTube videos on how to take apart iPhones, iPads, and kept providing the parts through my website. So it was kind of one of those things that I kind of got pushed into being an e-commerce. So it was, uh, you know, from the demand of people asking me for parts and, you know, what about this part or that part for this device or that device? Um, kind of pushed me into that whole area. So I ended up uh, leaving my job when I was making pretty much my salary in two months uh, that I was making as an IT uh, manager. 
So I was like, man, I think it's time to move on and, and do this full time. So that was about July of 2001 that I, I went full time into e-commerce up until 2018. But we'll get in that in a little bit. So, I mean, you went and bought a phone that day that it mm -hmm. came out and then opened it. Yeah. Somewhere out on the creepy <laughs> internet is a video of me sitting in line at an AT&T store uh -huh. to get the iPhone. Yeah. And I, I actually sent one of my uh, employees over there to sit in line for me for several hours. And then I went over there right at the end uh, when it was becoming available and, and bought it right there, ran right back to the office. And we had all the video equipment set up and just started tearing that sucker apart and showing you how to take it apart. That is crazy, so. man. That is too crazy. All right. Yeah. So that's kind of how you got into it. I mean, just in terms of um, the e-com thing and also the video thing. What was, what was, I mean, prior to that, I guess, I mean, you said the first thing you did was take apart the, uh, what did you say, the Palm Pilot? Palm Pilot, yeah. I mean, my God. I still have it in a box somewhere. <laughs> that's, that's, that's so long ago. But I mean, what did what were you you on YouTube at that time too? No. So at that time, what we were doing was we were uh, either doing photos, uh, but we found that okay. the photos were were good to an extent. But you know, it just it was easier to shoot onto video. So at that time, I had this camera. I think I got out of Japan or something like that. Shot onto like a mini hard drive and I had to. HDMI cable it to my computer and everything to be able to download it and basically uh, do the editing. And then, you know, within a year or two after that, you started seeing cameras come out that shot onto SD cards and things like that. Uh, but uh, it was, it was not as comp it was very complicated at that time. Um, and basically I would shoot it, put it up on our website and then people could download the AVI file back then oh uh, gosh, to watch yes. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's wow. how, how old school I am. John does. <laughs> that is awesome. All right. Yeah. So just let's, let's get into YouTube. When did you start posting sure. it and um, how did you start or did, did it just organically start growing? Yeah. You know, I was beginning? a little scared of YouTube back then. So, and, and part of the reason why I'll explain just a little bit um, was, you know, we had control of the videos on our, on our own server. Right. So they'd come to our server, they could download the video, they could watch the video, buy the part from our website. Mm -hmm. um, the reason I was a little scared of YouTube around that 06, 07 timeframe uh, was that I'm thinking to myself, okay, I put that video up, anybody could download that video, put it on their own website. And I was like, man, so I don't want to give away all these videos. I mean, probably at that time, we probably had a good 15 to 17 videos before we even did the iPhone, maybe even more. And uh, so I was kind of afraid of like giving away all these kind of content I created, uh, putting it on, but, you know, putting it up there, but then I'm thinking, okay, somebody takes it and they put it on their own website. I mean, I guess I could go ahead and do like an infringement. Right. And uh, so I was like, you know what though, there's such a big platform. I had been on YouTube for probably, you know, probably middle of 2006. Uh, you know, I was kind of joined it. I was checking out things, kind of learning how it worked. Um, but really, I mean, we'd thrown a couple of videos up at 07 with the iPhone one was really what sparked it. But again, I kind of thought about this. Okay, well, in editing, why don't I just put my website name down in the corner? If somebody steals the video and puts it up on their website. My name's right on there. I mean, this uh, this might have even been, and it's been a while, John, but I, it might have even been pre-embedding. I think embedding came out either right around that Later time or on, shortly right. after it, which actually worked out good for us because- at that time, we were having to pay a lot of money to have these videos on our server because we're taking up a lot of space. So I was able to throw all my, YouTube, my videos over to YouTube 
re-embed them back into my product listing. So this was pretty cool. You're on our website. You could look at the part, go down a little further. There was an embedded video that showed you how to install that part. So I started taking advantage of YouTube to actually help my e-commerce website grow and get sales. So it, we actually flipped it to our advantage by, you know, obviously having our website on there. You know, people who never heard about us could be on YouTube, see our video. We see our website name in the, in the actual video and then go, hey, let's go check this out. So they'd go check out our website. So we saw a huge spike in July of uh, 2007 when we did that video, even though we didn't technically have any parts. We didn't have any parts for the iPhone at that point. It had just come out, uh, but we knew we were getting them. We were working on getting, you know, not only those, but we had accessories, uh, screen protectors, things like that for the iPhone, but it drove a ton of traffic to our website. It was did you crazy. ever, did you ever have to have, or did you ever have any issues with people stealing your video exactly? Yeah. Yeah. We, prior to YouTube, when we had them up on our website where people could download them, they were downloading them, re-uploading them to other, their, their website basically. Mm -hmm. And we were just like, wait a minute. So we had to send out a couple of uh, letters from the you lawyer to basically yeah. stop that. Yep. But yep, once you put them. it on YouTube, did you really have this issue where people were still stealing it? No, not really. Not, I mean, that's, I did have a couple of times somebody take it and then put uh -huh. their, their logo over it. On like the top of yours. It. Uh -huh. Yeah, on top of mine. And we did send out some letters for that. Uh, the really cool thing was it, because we got in so early with YouTube in like the how-to section, uh, we were really able to get in some of these like beta programs that allowed us to literally when somebody would steal our, our video, even off YouTube and re-upload it to YouTube under their own name, uh -huh. uh, we were able to basically, you know, submit paperwork and say, Hey, we own that video. Uh, we want to submit a claim against them. And they would take that video down almost immediately. Um, it was, you know, it was a bit wild West. I'm not going to say it still isn't, but it was a, a lot different back then. Um, you know, content was kind of King, right? I mean, we were driving a lot of sales and a lot of people to our website from content that we created that, you know, I, I paid for this iPhone probably, I don't know, back then it was probably three to $500 or something like that, you know, and it's like, so you need to protect, you know, your time and your investment, and your money uh, to, of making these videos. Now it's different nowadays, right? You can turn around and allow people to embed it when they embed it though, it keeps all your content and your information on that video, which that was great. I mean, that was right. great. Again, right. that allowed us to re-embed it back into ours and save some money on server space. So I, I love YouTube. I've been, I've been a fan of it ever since, you know, about 06, 2007. So, and, and even taught classes on it. So. Yeah. So let's dive into that. You know, I mean, what are, so, you know, well, here's, here's one thing I, I find interesting is that even to this day, people still have some of these, you know, things that will block them from putting something out there in social or, or putting some, you know, content out because they think, Oh, somebody's going to steal my stuff. And I think, that is the least part that they need to worry about. You know, if they're yeah. stealing it, you know, then it must be extremely good. So somebody's talking about it, you know, but it's, it's funny that back then I could see it today. It's like, everything's out there. Go for it. All right. So yeah. um, let's just talk about what you've learned in terms of how to be successful with business using video. Yeah. So one of the things I've kind of learned and, and, and I actually teach some private classes occasionally about this is, um, and I'm more targeting like Amazon sellers for this. 
but it could be used a lot of different ways. So you got to kind of have a mindset when people search products and you know this, John, like where's the first place you go to search a product? What's the first website you think of? If you're like, I'm going to search for this product, see if it's available. We all know you're going to type in amazon.com and you're going to see if it's available out there. right? Right. So, so I try to tell a lot of these Amazon sellers, look, we all know, everybody knows they're going to go search Amazon for, you know, the product. Now, once they bought that product, Let's think about they either want to learn about maybe your brand or maybe it's like a remote and you and you need to replace the batteries in it. How do I replace the batteries in XYZ brand remote? Well, for those type of things, you can go back to the listing, but most listings are not going to allow you in Amazon to say, here's how you replace the battery in there, right? They're product imaging. They're going to be a little more uh, feature oriented. Uh, so what'll end up happening is if people want to search your brand or search more about the product they bought, they're going to get on Google. Google's still the go-to when it comes to searching a brand or searching about about that product. So what you want to do is use YouTube to basically have your video show up talking about your brand or talking about the product. So maybe I'll have a video that is something as simple as just replacing the batteries in the remote that I just sold you. And if I do the SEO correctly on the on the name, when you search you on Google, you should see my brand name show up in that video show up of that product or that that you just purchased that you're like, hey, how do I replace the batteries on this? So I think that it's not being utilized as much as it used to be. Like there was a point that people were really jumping on YouTube. Now everybody wants to do TikTok and all that stuff. That's great. Don't get me wrong, but depending on a longer version of how to use your product or doing something to, you know, replace it or fix something on it. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't go watch YouTube for that. I'm not, I'm sorry. I wouldn't watch TikTok for that. I would go to YouTube. I want a longer format video, something in high definition, something that I could basically really look at and understand on here's the product I bought from this company. Here's how you do this, either use this feature or whatever. TikTok is great for quick, fun things, right? And, and don't get me wrong, there's plenty of brands taking advantage of it, clothing, food, things like that. They're, they're doing amazing at it. Uh, but again, there's also still that niche and that market to have it on YouTube. Me personally, when I talk to like Amazon sellers, I say, you should be all, all of these. You should be on YouTube. You should be on TikTok, Instagram. You should have, you should literally have your brand should have its hold on every single one of these things. Uh, Gatita is the company I'm working for right now. We have a TikTok channel, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Facebook groups, YouTube channel. I mean, anything that's out there that's possible, we just want to be able to own actually a lot of that first search on Google. And the way you're owning that first search is by having all these different channels, right? So uh, YouTube, for instance, once you get, let's say over hundred subscribers on YouTube, you could modify that channel name to be your name, right? So for instance, it would be youtube.com forward slash Gatita would be ours. And that actually shows up in Google search because now our brand name's in there that when people search Gatita on, on Google search, we show up there, our YouTube channel, our Twitter handle, our Facebook groups, everything, uh, uh, TikTok, everything. Uh, LinkedIn, even our LinkedIn shows up there. So it's just kind of about owning that, that search for that. Then you can start getting into more on YouTube about specific keywords. The cool thing is you probably, if you're an Amazon seller or selling online, you probably kind of know the keywords to your product already. So now what you could do is start using some of those keywords to make specific videos about that product and keywording it. You know, if it, if it is something like how to replace the battery on XYZ remote, 
uh, you could obviously say XYZ remote, battery replacement, XYZ remote, things like that within that channel. Now, maybe you even throw a few generic things in there. Maybe it's a very specific remote to a specific device. So now you say replace batteries on whatever the name of that device is, right? Like it's not your brand name, like it's generic, like remote. replace the batteries in the remote. That's pretty open, but let's say it's a very specific remote on a garage door or something like that. So you could say, uh, you know, replacing batteries on XYZ brand or name of remote uh, for the garage door opener. So just to give you a quick example, um, I used to do some crazy like testing when, so when our YouTube channel was kind of up and running, I was like, you know, we have all these great videos on how to take apart all these iPhones and these iPads. I was like, could I make a video and could I get it to sort of go viral or at least get a lot of views on something really generic? So this is what I did. I literally took the remote, uh, key remote, the key fob remote to my, uh, Prius at the time. And I did a video on how to replace the CR2032 within that little remote. I mean, it's so simple. In fact, I don't even think it had a screw to hold it open. You kind of just popped it open and there's the CR2032. You pull it out, you That's put it back battery, in. That's a battery, folks. It's, it's just a battery. Yeah, it's yes. a simple battery. Uh -huh. I mean, I'm sure, you know, almost every car out there nowadays has, you know, these key fob remote type things with batteries in them. But I did something as simple as that. Like within, I think a year or two, it had like a couple hundred thousand views. And I was like, wow, this is nuts that, I, I mean, I think within the first couple months, I had thousands and thousands of views on this. And I was just like, that's so crazy. Like it just, it's kind of a no brainer. You would think it's such a no brainer, but it's so much easier for somebody to go to Google and type it in, watch a quick video like that just so they don't screw it up, right? So like, did you oh, sell the batteries? You What'd you sell? Yeah, so I, what I did okay. uh -huh. is my old, so so in 2013, a business partner and I started an Amazon business together while I was still running the iPhone business, we'll call it at that time. And so, yeah, we had 2032 batteries on Amazon. So I'd literally be like, hey, if you need a battery for your remote, check the description, head on over. So they click on it, go over to our Amazon listing and buy them uh, off Amazon, the CR2032 batteries. So, so yeah, there was so a purpose so for it. So, so like if I'm, if I've got a product and it's a product like a battery or something like that, that fits mm -hmm. or it can be used for multiple things, you're actually creating a video showing them how to change the battery in this specific remote. And then yep. those people that have that specific remote end up finding out that you're the battery supplier for that remote. I bet you, John, we could do something even as simple as you turn around, you let's take a, a re remote for your TV, right? Uh -huh. Probably takes AAA batteries, right? Well, AAA batteries are available everywhere, right? We all know they're available everywhere. I, if I did a simple thing, like just showing how to take out those batteries in a simple TV remote, replacing the AAA batteries. And I told everybody, Hey, Amazon Basics has these AAA batteries. Hit the description, go follow the link. Now, if I went over to Amazon and created like an affiliate with them, right? Right. I could use that affiliate link down there to generate more money for me. Now, that's great. I'm driving traffic. Now, what's even better is if you happen to also sell AAA batteries, you could do two things. You could use an affiliate link and drive them to your battery. So now you're double dipping on both sides, right? So not only did I just drive somebody and get an affiliate link commission, but I also got them to buy my batteries, batteries over on Amazon. So now you're making extra money that way. So that's some of the things I, I mean, 
you know, not to go too deep into all that, but uh, YouTube is just so underutilized. And again, here's the cool thing. I could take that video, John, that I did on YouTube and have somebody either edit if I'm not the one editing it and reformat it into a reel, into a TikTok, make clips out of it, do still images, put it up on LinkedIn, Facebook. So it really, it's about utilizing that one piece of content and just maximizing where you could put it to get the most exposure. And for instance, a, a really good uh, thing to understand is most of these Amazon sellers, it's almost required nowadays you have a video showing your product. Something as basic as even if it's just spinning on a table in a circle so everybody could see a 360 view of it. Uh, taking something like that, maybe adding a little more to it on YouTube and putting you know some voiceovers or words on the screen that show each of the features it has edit that out. You can find somebody probably on Fiverr, Upworks, any one of these places that will take that, reformat it for you, put it on into a TikTok, TikTok format, Reels, uh, Instagram format. And you, if you have all those platforms, boom, you just took one piece of content and just dropped it into all these other social media and utilized it to drive more traffic. So it's that's one thing is just, you see it done, but you don't see it done as much as it should be. So let's talk about how how would I find these opportunities to uh, create, you know, more um, video like um, and then also while you're dealing with that, let's talk about the SEO because you mentioned, you know, I put this uh, uh, remote name next to it because people are doing so. How do I come up some with some of the ideas and then how do I learn to name the video yeah yeah so so let's go with a couple different scenarios because okay. there's a few right like uh, we will first just talk kind of about a product you have a product obviously you've uh worked on that amazon listing you've probably seo'd that title you've seo'd that description already now you can use some of that it doesn't all fit perfectly if i just take that seo title i created in amazon and slap it into youtube you're not going to get very many compared to tweaking it or making it right for the SEO uh, formats over on, on YouTube. So let's just take uh, the batteries again, right? We'll just stick with the CR2032s. I've made this video. I'm selling these CR2032s over on Amazon. Obviously on Amazon, I'm not going to put something like how to replace the batteries on a uh, Prius remote, right? right? That's not a good title over there. Uh, but something like that would work over on YouTube. So I'm taking, okay, the keywords being uh, what what works really good is a lot of the how-to stuff when it comes to scenarios like this. But there could be people out there that don't have products that are not really how-to, okay? And that's fine. You got to kind of just kind of figure out what is that keyword opportunity that people are most likely going to search over on YouTube or on Google and make that part of your title. Also, you know, there's cool tools out there. I'm not going to dive real deep into these, but you can look at stuff at like uh, TubeBuddy or VidIQ. They'll help you with kind of video links uh, or title links. You don't want to over title these things. You don't want it hundred words long with a bunch of stuff keywords. So let's jump back into this. So how to replace a 2011 Prius uh, remote slash fob or something like that, right? Uh, battery. And so that's that would be my title. I've SEO'd it. I've got the year. Now, if there's multiple years, I could put, you know, 2011 to 2014 or something like that. Um, if I want to just leave it generic, 
like if it has a really big stretch of years, I could just leave it generic and say the Prius, but maybe I want to put like a model number in there if there's one uh, or something like that, or even just leave it generic. How to replace the uh, battery in a Prius key fob remote or something like that. That's generic enough, right? Now, if I have a little space on the end, this is what I like to do. Space on the end, meaning that if the title, and it goes back, this goes back to the old school days, uh, John, that you probably remember from uh, Google, right? Yeah. Like there's so many characters you wanted in a title on your website because when Google came through, it would pick up the title and it would put it out on Google, but it would cut it off after a certain amount of characters. Same thing still applies. YouTube is owned by Google, right? So same thing still applies. You don't want to overdo. I think it, I have to look this one up. It's been a little while, but I think it's around 80 characters you want to stay under right. in your title. So if I do have a little more space, sometimes what I'll do is I'll also put my company name or the brand name in that very end. Now, the reason you want it on the end is because you want that how-to and that kind of keyword at the beginning. So you, unless you're Coca-Cola or some big giant brand, right? Mm -hmm. you, in that case, they could put Coca-Cola introduces XYZ drink. Well, we're not Coca-Cola. So the brand goes at the end. Uh, same with, for instance, John, why he's interviewing me. If he puts this on YouTube, John will want to have my name at the end. He'll want to have the subject matter we're talking about at the beginning. He wants my name at the end. It'll still show up in the searches. It's still there, but you don't want my name necessarily to be at the beginning. You want the subject matter we're talking about. So that's just another tip right there. So you get that done, right? How to blah, blah, blah. You got your brand name at the end. That's great. So then in the description, the very first sentence of that description should be almost identical to that title. Whoa. So this video will show you how to replace the Prius 2011 battery key fob remote. And then I want to maybe cut that off right there. And the reason I'm not adding in, say, the brand or any other stuff after that is because I just want to reiterate and have something that when you search in Google, you see that title. Again, I think this time, I think it's what, 150 to 170 characters they cut off. So you want to have that in there again. Now, again, what you did is you have that keyword in the title. You have that keyword in the first part of the description. What you do after that first sentence is put a period, put a space start your next paragraph after that space. Why is that space important? That gap of space just told Google that that first sentence is the most important information of the description of this video. And mm. it has the keyword in it. So they're gonna basically show the title in Google search. They're gonna show that description being that first sentence. And because it'll cut it off in that, you know, 160, 170 area with the description, uh, what I did is this is it. This is the one you want to display on Google search. So then we get into things like there's tags and keywords that you can also add. So obviously in uh, YouTube, when you're creating this YouTube video, tags and keywords, this is where a lot of that Amazon will come into play. Uh, you've already probably figured out what keywords work for it. You'll want to put those keywords in there. Uh, try not to use two generic ones. Like if I just put Amazon, well, there's a million people that use Amazon, right? So you want to be more specific, 2011 Prius, 2013 Prius, 2012 Prius, uh, you know, remote, things like that. I, that one, that, that could get a little long going into all that. The other good thing I would say is thumbnail. You got to have a legitimate standout thumbnail. Two things for thumbnails. I'm going to go over product and I'm going to go over people. Product, you got to be able to understand what that product image is. So in the, in the Prius remote one, I had a giant, 
giant remote picture that took up, let's call it about a third of the screen. Big letters, replace Prius battery, only three letters. Didn't need to be so specific at that point because, uh, or remote, replace Prius right. remote battery, sorry. Um, and the reason I only want like four, maybe five words on that screen is you want them as big as possible. Because remember, we're all looking at thumbnails like this yeah. and there's, and you're scrolling down hundreds of them. Catchy, yellows, orange, bright colors in the background. Product image is clear to see that what the product is, four to five words on the screen. And remember, most of us search YouTube or even technically Google uh, by visual. So we're searching at looking at images, YouTube specifically. But same when somebody searches your brand over there, are they going to read all those little tiny titles? Yeah, maybe. But if they see the images, they're going to go to those first. So as they're searching either YouTube or Google, you want to have a big, bright image stand out uh, that is just visible that people can see. It uses bright colors. And it's easy to read, right? Those four letter or four words on there, easy to read. So what did we learn real quick? Oh, well, I'm sorry, let me back up. So if you're doing an image with a person, for instance, uh, when I do in my podcast or any things we do is, uh, for instance, John just did a podcast with our company. Uh, John's face will be the biggest in there. Like it'll take up a, you know, a third of the space. It's gonna have the topic they talked about within three or four words. John Lawson's name at the bottom, that's the thumbnail. So, it, you know, it, you got to keep it simple to the point. When I do podcasts, my image and my face is never on the podcast. It's always my guest because otherwise every image I make would be myself. Now, if you're trying to promote something, a product or a service, you got to have those looks, right? Surprise, right? Surprise looks or you're pointing at something and, and the words are up there, right? Or at some product you're holding in your hand, but you got to have it big and it's got to be emotional that people connect with. Uh, you know, it, and it's got to take up the screen, you know, and you'll see that a lot. If you just look at YouTube and search for different things, you'll start seeing examples, which are the ones showing up at the top. Most of the time, the ones showing up at the top, those are the ones you want to mimic for either a product or service that you're selling or, or providing. So again, title, got to have the right SEO in the title description. You got to have that first key, uh, sentence, let's call it, leave that space. Next paragraph can be more information about it. Don't put, uh, just to back up slightly to this, don't put all your social media stuff right at the top. That goes way at the bottom, way, way at the bottom. Uh, you can put full linking URLs. So HTTPS colon backslash backslash uh, to whatever that Amazon product is. Uh, try not to use uh, Bitly's too much in there. If it is super long, go ahead. Um, or use like a custom bit.ly so they understand what it is. Uh, then, you know, you can have all that social media stuff at the bottom. Also sometimes relink to one of your previous videos. So have a link that says, hey, uh, here I was talking with John Lawson. Uh, here's the topic we talked about. Here's a link to it. Then have a subscribe. Make sure that people subscribe to your listing. Uh, I'm sorry, to your YouTube. Okay, so there's an easy way to have a subscribe link in there that when they click on it, it says, do you want to subscribe? You can do that really quickly. So title SEO, that first part of the description is crucial. Tags are keywords, we call them, and thumbnails. Thumbnails we just kind of covered. So those are kind of the basics. There's a lot more to it, a lot deeper. But just to get you going, that is the basics of getting that YouTube video to be successful with SEO. Well, damn, that was a masterclass right there, bro. <laughs> yeah, well, 
I've got I've got a few I'm doing coming up that are like five six hour classes. That so is, it's gonna be uh, pretty interesting. So that is yeah, I'll very be my first good. time doing it. So Thanks. let me ask you let me ask you yeah. about um, live. <clears throat> sure. Have you dabbled in live with uh, YouTube? I absolutely I do live almost twice a week. Uh -huh. So my podcast goes live. Uh, we personally use uh, Streamyard to do ours. Uh, so it actually goes live on our Facebook different channels, our LinkedIn channels, two of our different uh, YouTube channels that we have. Um, so all my podcasts are done live. So I absolutely love live. It is a great way to increase your watch time. It's a great way to interact with uh, the crowd out there so they can post questions right on the spot, which end up being actually, you know, uh, comments. Uh, so that's really cool. So if you're looking for a way to kind of increase your watch time, live is the way to go. What we do is we usually about 24 hours before we go live, mm -hmm. we'll do a little post through StreamYard that basically is like, okay, hey, it's got a thumbnail, it's got an image, it's got the title, the you know SEO description. It's telling you when we're going to have it, what time it's at, and then people can watch it from there. And then I usually, our guests will also promote that out to their crowd. So again, this is another great way that if, uh, you know, let's say you have a product and you, you maybe are talking to an influencer and the influencer says, hey, why don't you come on and talk about your product? You know, if they're doing a live, you want to make sure they have the information that's, you know, perfect for this. Now, if they've been doing YouTube for a while. They probably already know how to do this, but sometimes they might say, what's your topic? If you just give a generic topic and they copy and paste that into YouTube, it's not going to SEO very well. So now you got a few basic skills here that you could turn around and SEO that appropriately that when you give them the title or the description, you could even format that description to have the correct formatting and SEO for YouTube. So, and then a thumbnail, I would even provide them a thumbnail and let mm. them kind of either say, oh, that's great. Or we'll make our own or whatever, which is fine. But I would critique their thumbnail, you know, especially if I'm paying, let's say for an influencer, or I gave them, you know, I'm going to give them a free product, or maybe they even have an affiliate code or something on Amazon right. that they're somehow benefiting. I want to make sure that it benefits me, it benefits them, but I want a little say-so in it. So there's, there's a couple of things you need to kind of do there with that. But uh, Good point. yeah, there's a, there's a lot of ways you can take advantage of a lot of these things. And again, you know, the best part is you make that piece of content, whatever it is, and you can put it up on all these different channels. Um, how about YouTube shorts? Are you playing around with that right now? Yeah. And what are you finding? Uh, it, what's working, what's not, is it something I should even bother with? What are you thinking? Yeah, it's, it's uh, reels or shorts or whatever you want to call them. I mean, they, everybody has a different name for them. Absolutely. Cause reality is that that same reel or short you just did mm -hmm. will fit over on Instagram fits over on uh, TikTok, all that stuff. Um, me personally, I haven't had too much of a chance to do too many of them and play around with it. Um, so the cool thing is being CMO, I do have this amazing person behind the scenes that helps at our company with all our social media and everything. I'm um, not going to give her a name because I don't want anybody taking her. So, but she's awesome. <laughs> you'll probably, if you What's go to these shows, again? you'll- What's her name? <laughs> if you show up to any of these trade shows I'm at, you'll see her there because we're going to, she's been, uh, she's had a trade show today, actually shooting content for us, but uh, she's amazing. She helps out a lot has an amazing uh, photo and video background, videography background, plus a marketing background. Uh, so, but yeah, we have been uh, kind of messing around with that a bit. Um, it is pretty cool. A little different feel though, right? Like I'm not going to do a long video. It's going to be a quick and done. Uh, right. So what we'll maybe do is 
for instance, we might take, uh, you know, the, the podcast we did with John that was on our podcast and we'll turn and make a clip out of it. Right. And we'll throw that clip. If it's something funny or something happened, or even it's just a great piece of information, we'll make that 10, 15, 20 second clip out of it, throw it in the reel there and, uh, you know, throw it on Instagram and TikTok. And it's just a way to reutilize more of that content. So maybe if, you know, you you show the remote and here comes the battery out of it, maybe that's a quick clip, you know, Hey, uh, get that battery out of your, uh, remote that's dead or something like that. Check out our YouTube channel or something like that. Um, so there's different ways to, uh, you know, do that on YouTube. You could obviously tell them to go check out your full channel or check out the full video. So there's ways that people are taking advantage of it. And I think they're doing a great job at it. You know, it's yeah. not always just like, uh, you know, somebody's dog running around catching a ball and does a cute trick or something like that. There's plenty of ways businesses can utilize this. So one more thing I wanted to ask you about uh, uh, optimizing the video. Is there any trick or truth, honestly, to um, the audio in the video, like you were saying at the title, optimize the description, make sure the first, you know, sentence says X. Is Is there any... Is there anything good about me in the beginning of the video repeating what the video is about? Absolutely. So what you could do, uh, this is actually one of the other tricks I teach, is uh, you don't want to have a long intro. Okay. Mm -hmm. First of all, you want a very short intro. But what a lot of YouTubers have done with long format type videos like we're doing right now, right? Like uh, they'll turn around and be like, hey, in today's podcast, uh, we got Rob Stanley and we're going to be talking about YouTube. Uh, you know, be sure to, uh, you know, be sure to follow along or something like that, right? Whatever your little thing is, then you go to your intro. So what you did is you just gave them a quick hook of here's who's on, here's the topic we're talking about, and then start your short intro, right? Like you're, you know, everybody has an intro type thing with a little music or something like that. Mm -hmm. The other thing I recommend, uh, let's see on a product that may not necessarily work, but what you could do is have a splash screen come up and just say, uh, how to how to replace the battery in your uh, Prius remote in less than three minutes, you know, and then have my little intro, then start into the video. So even if it's as simple as a splash screen, just with words on it, telling them, this is what we're doing. Here's how long it's going to take. And then the intro and then get right into it. Something like that is even that easy. And uh, I like to always make sure you have your closed caption. So do your closed caption on these videos, make chapters on these videos. If you're not familiar with these terms, Google it. There's a ton of people that made videos about this stuff. I'm not, you know, I'm not inventing a brand new wheel here. I'm just uh, telling you ways to reuse that wheel to your, uh, you know, to help you out with uh, SEO and things like that. And uh, then also look at uh, different ways of taking that closed caption and putting it in different languages. There's a lot of services out there that will take that closed caption for you or that .srt file, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And we'll translate it for you. So now somebody in another country, even though they don't understand the audio, the, uh, the words will come up that they could watch it, especially a how-to or a service or something that shows you like fixing or doing something. Uh, now, all of a sudden, everybody in, you know, in the world can start seeing these things. Um, I have a couple of little websites that I use that literally, once I get everything in there, it literally will translate it, spit it out, translate it, spit it out. I mean, I have it in Mandarin, Spanish, uh, German, French, Italian, uh, you know, anything that we can basically with our videos, with some of our promotional videos, not necessarily our podcasts. 
uh, but some of our promotional type videos are that talk more about our company or the business and the service we offer. I have those in closed caption and wording. I'm actually working on some AI technology stuff, John, right now that um, will talk and speak in each yeah. of those language and it'll spit it out just like that. And that's something I, I can't go too deep into because I'm still learning it myself. But man, the technology out there is getting so good at some of these things. Deep. Uh, can you imagine you you take a, you know, even a podcast at some point and you literally just run it through and all the language and stuff you and I are talking about translates immediately into Spanish. Let's say you re-upload it with a Spanish SEO title, Spanish, uh, you know, uh, description. Now you yeah. have another piece of content, turn around and make those clips in Spanish, makes this in Spanish, you know, now it's like, you're just, you're covering the world, right? Like with quickly, quickly too. So it's, uh, some really cool stuff out there right now that, uh, you know, it's kind of cutting edge. It's not perfect yet, but man, it's getting there. It's getting there. Yeah. I tell you the future is bright. Um, man, I really appreciate you. I got one last question for you. And this is a question I ask everybody. It's yeah. like, uh, what was, what, what's something that I didn't ask you that I should have? Ooh, you know, you didn't ask me about Katita and what we do. So you should probably <laughs> ask about go. that. I've been there running it up go. behind me. Go for so I'll it. give you all, I'll give you all the elevator <laughs> pitch real quick. So if you're Amazon FBA sellers and uh, you have any trouble with the warehouse with say uh, merchandise getting lost or stolen in Amazon's FBA warehouse, Katita, what we do is we're the global leader in FBA refunds and reimbursements. We help you get that money back from Amazon when there is issues like that. We do all the paperwork for you, submit it, and get you back a refund. We are a performance-based company, which basically means that only if we get you money back, we charge a small percentage. We're not a month-to-month -month type service. like a We're not a cell phone company. And uh, basically, I'll, I'll tell you what I could do. I'll do, make it really simple. Special offer. Head on over to getida.com, G-E-T-I-D-A.com forward slash money man. That's my nickname, money man. Getida.com forward slash money man, money man, all one, wor one word. You'll get the first $400 free to try us out if you're an Amazon FBA seller. Woo, there you go. 400 bucks free. Yep. I love it, man. All right. If people want to follow the money man, where else can we find you? How can we find you? Absolutely. I'm on all social media. So it's either under Rob Stanley, R-O-B-S-T-A-N-L-E-Y or Robbie, R-O-B-B-Y, S-T-A-N-L-E-Y. If you want to reach out to me, you can hit me at Rob at Getida.com. So it's R-O-B at G-E-T-I-D-A.com. Awesome. Hang out for just a second. But everybody else, you're out of here. We're done. Hey, Rob, thanks so much, man. I appreciate everything. I've got so much notes. This is ridiculous. I got work to do. Thank you, <laughs> thanks, man. Thanks, Thanks for tuning in to the Smartest Podcast. I hope you found that conversation helpful and inspiring. So be sure to subscribe and do not miss any future episodes. Until next time, enjoy your journey of success. Thanks for listening. <laughs>